Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Hey, all you heroes and champions, crows, pirates, and inquisitors. Welcome to the Dragon Age Lorecast. I'm Shelby. And I'm Austin. And we are so excited to bring you this podcast. Every episode, we'll be talking about a different topic in the Dragon Age universe. From the Maker to Lyrium to Aravels, we will cover it all. There will be spoilers. And always remember, swooping is bad. Hello and welcome to this very special impromptu episode of the Dragon Age Lorecast. I am one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup, and I'm here with my other host. Yeah, I'm Shelby, um, also known as Teacup, and we're super excited to talk about what we're talking about. So, Shelby, I have one question for you. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to talk about some Dragon Age? I'm so ready to talk about Dragon Age Dreadwolf. Woohoo! So for those we of you have a name, people. Yeah. So those of you who don't know, around uh, 12 p.m. Central Time uh, in the United States, Bioware released the name of the next Dragon Age game, which will be Dragon Age dread wolf and yeah that's really exciting especially for all of us who have waited so long for this game to come announced and move forward yeah it's super exciting i mean i haven't even been in the fandom like since inquisition came out and i'm so pumped i was online um when all the the news was coming out and dragon age twitter y'all outdid yourselves i mean There's nothing like it. Like it was just the anticipation was phenomenal. So we're going to give you just kind of like what we think about the release of this name and what it might mean, what it might not mean. Uh, Good note that these are just theories. Uh, We both fully expect to be wrong when the game finally does come out. So if we're wrong, we're wrong. Yeah, and we'll also tell you what we do know. And what we do know is that the name is Dragon Age, Dreadwolf, all one word. Dreadwolf is one word. And we also know that the game is not coming out in 2022. Correct. And that's about all the new information we know. Yes. Okay, so. so... You have a very hilarious joke that you are ready 
to share. My joke. About the shorthand for this game. Oh, well, yeah. So we've got DAO. We've got DA2. We've got DAI. And now we have dad. Hi, dad. I'm Dragon Age. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I would like i don't know if they did that on purpose but i would like to think they did do that on purpose yeah i don't know um you know there's a lot of jokes on twitter and i don't know who said it first but the the whole if da4 is dad does that make soulless daddy (laughs) jokes like yeah those are funny yes egg daddy egg daddy yeah someone in our discord server said egg daddy and it like I was literally laughing, crying for like five minutes in my office. There were like three other people in the hallway and they were like, what is happening, Shelby? What are you laughing at? And I was like, I can't even, I can't even explain it. <laughs> Ignore me. Yeah. And so, yes, for all you soulless mancers out there, I'm sure your head is exploding. And yes, soulless can be daddy for dad. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, their head exploding, sure, but also their hearts and probably their pants mm-hmm. a little bit too. <laughs> okay, so Austin, what were your initial thoughts about the name? My initial thoughts were that I wasn't really surprised at the name. Um, I said, okay, yeah, this makes sense with all the promotional material that they've been promoting. And like, Solus is a major figure in the trailer. And so, it seems like a lot. My first thing was like, oh, yeah, that's like a logical thing for that to come through. Yeah, I think I was a little underwhelmed, to be honest. It, it seemed a little bit basic to me, I think is the right word. Um, I still think they can pull off a phenomenal game. And just because I'm a little underwhelmed with a name doesn't mean I'm hating on them or anything. But I, I was a little bit underwhelmed. But I also... I, I also don't think that Dreadwolf is only or necessarily talking about Solus himself. I think it could very easily be referring to like a faction of people that support Solus. Or I think somebody on Twitter said something about uh, maybe it could refer to a place. So I, I don't necessarily think it's only talking about Solus. And I guess the big reason why I think that is because it's all one word. It's not the dread wolf which is his like title so those were my initial thoughts yeah what do you think about that i think there's a lot of theories like kind of circling around uh and so we had that tweet tom henderson that was like dread wolf and he showed the picture of the dragon and so there's a lot of theorizing i've seen stuff about solace like potential arch demon status but i would like to I think the thing to remember here and remind people of is that Solus, spoiler alert, at the end of DAI absorbs the essence of Flemeth Mathal. And so it's not without reason to think that he would take on Flemeth's shape-changing powers. Yeah, I definitely think that's fair. And I also think that's likely. You know, we've we've seen some major shape-shifting in every game so far. We see Flemeth shape-shift in um, Origins. If you go back to her hut in Morgan's side quest, we also get the 
um, I guess it's an implication of her shape-shifting when she rescues you from the Tower of Ishal. Obviously, we see Flemeth shape-shifting in uh, the beginning of DA2, rescuing Hawk. And we see Morgan shape-shifting in the battle with Corypheus in Inquisition. So I think shape-shifting is something that's definitely going to be in Dragon Age 4. It seems very likely that Solus would be the one shape-shifting. So to me, that totally tracks. And so, yeah, other with like the Dread Wolf, I think that one thing that some of us might not remember because it was so long ago, but when Dragon Age Inquisition came out and you were saying this to me earlier, so much of the promotional material was about closing the veil or sealing the breach and repairing the veil. And you do that within the first major arc of the game. Right. Like so much more of the game is about other stuff. It's not just about the breach. So to me, I, I definitely think this game will be about soulless, but I don't think that that's going to be the whole game. Um, I said in one of our conversations recently that like, I wouldn't be surprised if we start out in DA4, in DA, DAD, trying to figure out this solace issue, whether we're on his side or we're not. And then something cataclysmic happens, not necessarily a blight, uh, but something else. Maybe, you know, the Kuhn invades, maybe Tevinter enters in civil war. Who knows? Who knows what happens, right? Um, but something cataclysmic happens that everything and everyone would be destroyed. So maybe we have to unite with Solus for a little bit or, or not maybe. Um, and then at the end, we can come back to Solus and then figure out the Solus issue. Um, so maybe that's, that would be something that, that would not be a hundred percent about Solus. Because I know there are a lot of people out there who don't necessarily want everything to be about him. So I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities out there. Mm-hmm. And like I've said this, it would be nice for DA, DAD, for dad, to um, take a route where we're not dealing with something that's going to be like world-shattering cataclysmic event as like our main villain and like... One for me, I'm a big Dragon Age 2 stand. Everyone knows this. I talked about it on the podcast a lot. But one of my criticisms of them is the whole Lyrium idol thing with Meredith. I would have much rather just this conflict of ideals to play out in this way. I think you can do it without the Lyrium idol making her insane. I think you could just see that the power corrupts and she could still turn on Hawk in that. And I, w- I think that having a more realistic villain that you feel like you can control and fight that will lead to more subtle kind of character development is much needed. Like I would love for some other person that like is behind the scenes into Venter or somewhere else who is the actual villain that we need to deal with. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I also agree with you that I would love to see almost a more ordinary villain. And I think we'll definitely get a more ordinary protagonist as well, based on the trailer from 2020. So I would love, love to see that. That would make me so happy because like the world of Thetis is a world full of totally broken systems and broken people too, which like our world is too. 
but they take it to another level. And so I feel like there is so much messed up stuff that happens in Thetis. Like you don't need something cataclysmic to happen before, you know, before to unite people is what I'm trying to say. So yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities. I also think that something outside of Solus's goals is going to happen. And this is solely based on the trailer from 2020. In the trailer, Solus says, they called me the Dread Wolf after what I did. What will they call you after this? Which implies that you're dealing with something that is beyond the Solus issue. Yes, this is true. And we but know my, we're into winter, so... Yeah. My advice to the DA fandom is... I know we've heard this a lot, but patience and wait. There's still a lot of information to come out. And there's still, based on what they said, there's a lot that can still happen with this game that we just don't know. And don't get it all up in arms before we have all the information. Yeah, I think my advice, if I was going to give advice, or maybe just what I would say to the fandom is don't make assumptions because we have no idea. We have no idea what tricks they have up their sleeve, what plot twists and, and, and turns and curves in the story that they may have coming. We just really don't know. So we can assume that Dread Wolf, the title, is only referring to Solus and that the story of the game will only be about Solus's story and defeating him or aligning with him. But I think that's a pretty narrow view to take. And I would be surprised if Bioware decided to make the entire game about Solus and his story. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's Bioware has always been known that there's always an enemy beyond the enemy that's in front of you. In all of the Dragon Age games, there are multiple antagonists that you have to work against. You have the Archdemon and the Darkspawn and Origins, and you also have Loghain and everything going out. And you know how you play it, you might also have the Templars or the Werewolves or the Dalish as enemies. Um, DA2, you each act in DA2 has a different kind of main enemy. And the Dragon Age Inquisition, it's all over the place. I it's mean, you literally have literally everyone yeah, you have the one major enemy in Corypheus, but, you know, you have the plots in the Orlesian Empire. You have the people working in the Grey Wardens. Like, there can be so much more to this game that happens. And I think that's a good transition to kind of, like, call something. So one thing that I think that we really need to clear up here is kind of, like, the timeline that's happening here. Because I know we've both seen online people talking about random things, like, this game is going to take place 30 years after Dragon Age Origins. And the truth is, we have not gotten a timeline for when Dragon Age Dreadwolf is going to take place. And so the timeline that's set forth in the game that we know is that we begin with Dragon Age Origins, and then DA2 takes place both during the Fifth Blight and up to five years after. It's 10 years after the Blight. That's DAI. Yeah, Dragon Age 2 ends 10 years after the Blight, and Dragon Age Inquisition starts like immediately after Dragon Age 2 ends. You're right. Okay, so yeah, so it's 10 years between Dragon Age Origins and the end of Dragon Age 2 and the beginning of Dragon Age Inquisition. 
And between in the few months between Dragon Age 2 and Inquisition, that's where we have the beginning of the Mage Templar War, the Nova the abandonment of the Navarro Accords, all of that big stuff, the events of Asunder all happen in between that time. And then Dragon Age Inquisition ends with Trespasser two years after the beginning of Dragon Age Inquisition. So at most, or the least amount of time that's going to happen between the games is 12 years between Dragon Age Origins and Dragon Age Dreadwolf. I think it'll probably be close to like 15, maybe, maybe 20, maybe, but we just don't know right now. Yeah, and I know a lot of people think it'll be that longer age gap because of the short stories that came out this past December for for Dragon Age Day. And that is not confirmed. That could definitely be possible. But I also think it's equally as impossible. We We just don't know. So... Like, yeah, we really don't know when it's going to take place. I agree with you that I definitely think there will be a little bit of a gap, at least, between the end of Inquisition and the start of Dread Wolf because of the language in the trailer from 2020 talking about, it seems like they're talking about events that have happened. Um, and there has to be time for those events to happen, you know. Um, so I do think there will be at least a little bit of time, a few years, maybe five. That would be my personal guess. But I, mm-hmm. I don't think like I don't think we're going to be getting into the end of the Dragon Age um, in right. this game. Right. And so it's also worth noting that the Dragon Age like extra media content, the books, the comics and the short stories follow a set canon that doesn't take into place or into consideration a lot of player choice and bioware has said that like they haven't canonized player choices in the canon so it could be that these short stories take place and then the game goes in an entirely different direction just because of i will i'm not going to say that they're not canon but they're kind of canon adjacent it's like pseudo canon almost. Yeah. Yeah. So with the timing, I also wanted to talk about why now? Like, why are they releasing this randomly on a, a random Thursday afternoon? Um, so I would love to hear your thoughts about that, Austin. Well, it is coming up on video game conference season, I think is a big thing that they're releasing this. So I think that we can expect potentially more news whether that's a setting or even something that's all the way to a gameplay reveal. We could expect any of that to come in the coming months. I think that we will get more news this year. And they said, they hinted and said so much in the little article they released along with the announcement of the name. Yes, they did say that they would be releasing more information later this year. So I think it's very likely we'll get more information at another one of these games conventions. Yeah. And so that's important to know. Uh, so it's the season of announcing things. I think that's part of the part of it. I also think that, you know, the, it is kind of this is the beginning of a new quarter, is it not? No. The, it, it this at the end of this month will be a new quarter. So okay, getting- so yeah. It's the end of a quarter, last month of a quarter. So that could also be a reason for why they're doing that. 
Yeah. And I also think, you know, today was just generally a huge day for games in general because a new Final Fantasy was confirmed. The Sims 4 got a new game pack and Dragon Age 4's title was released. So that's a lot of stuff all on one day. And Assassin's Creed Origins got their 60 frames per second update for Series X and PlayStation 5. Yeah, so lots of... um, Lots of video game happenings right now. Yes. So I think the last thing we really have to talk about that I think is an interesting one. uh, Well, I guess we got two more things to kind of talk about the color theory. About the colors of the games. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Um, I feel like in the marketing and promos for Dragon Age Origins and Dragon Age 2, that they were both using a red color scheme. And then Inquisition broke from that and used the like lime neon green. And for a while, a lot of the DA4 promotional materials were this like black and gold color scheme. And so to me, I feel like the purple is very out of left field, like extremely out of left field. Yeah, and I think that I kind of would have expected this if you told me that the title would be. I kind of expect it to follow the green pattern with the emphasis on Solus. Um, But the purple is really interesting, and this is kind of my take on it. Dragon Age Origins obviously has a red tint because it's the bloodiest of the games. Um, The Darkspawn have this kind of red tint. There's a red tint going all through the games. And then DA2, I think, red overtone comes from both its emphasis on Red Lyrium and the Red Lyrium Idol and Blood Magic itself. Um, And so, and then DAI is obviously green because of all the green that is in the place. So I think it's interesting that purple comes in because where we see purple the most in Dragon Age, I feel like, is with the Necromancy School of Magic. Yep. You're 100% right. And I also think I also think it's interesting that, you know, the game's going to be in Tevinter. And I feel like I associate both Tevinter and Orlay with royalty. And as we know from history, purple is the color of royalty. So I wonder if there's a connection there as well. Right. I think that's a good point. And like the colors of the games have always had a significance to the story, at least a little bit. Maybe we're looking at that in kind of retrospect and hindsight, but it's really kind of in there with the game. Like, I feel like if you did one of those, like every frame of Dragon Age, like condensed down, it would just be almost totally green of Dragon Age Inquisition. Yeah, I really don't know. Um, but I, I agree with you that the color is important in Dragon Age. That's why I was so surprised. That's why I was so surprised um, because of the purple. I mean, almost all of the concept art has been has been in the gold and black style. So I was fully expecting that. Right. Fully. And even, 
even the kind of like warden armor they teased in the concept art followed that mm-hmm. d- like diverting away from the standard uh kind of steel and blue that we get in DA2 and mm-hmm. Inquisition. Yeah. Yeah, so I was very intrigued by the purple. It's also very eye-catching. So I like the purple. I'm not saying I don't. I was just very surprised by it. Yeah. All right. Well, do you have anything else to add to about DA Dad? DA Dad? That's what I'm going to just call it now. DA Dad. <laughs> yeah, I do. I think that we've, we've got to talk about the most compelling thing, which is the anagram. So Dread Wolf, if you rearrange the letters, can also spell Fade World. Ooh. Yeah, I think that's a very compelling, interesting anagram because Solus's whole world is in the Fade. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what it means. I don't even have any ideas for what it means, but I sure as heck think it's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, lots of exciting things happening, lots of theorizing, lots of energy around Dragon Age right now. And I can tell you as two uh, hosts of a podcast about the lore of Dragon Age, we cannot wait for this game to come out. Yeah, it's going to be amazing. Yes. I have faith in you, Bioware. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast. We will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Dragon Age Lorecast. As always, you can find us on Twitter at DA Lorecast. If you have any lore questions, topics to unpack, or side character suggestions, email them to us at dalorecast at gmail.com. The Dragon Age Lorecast is a part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club. You can join the Robots Radio Network Discord by clicking the link in our episode description. If you enjoyed our show, we'd love it if you'd subscribe and give us a review. See you next time. When a wasteland detective and a vault girl cross paths, no criminal is safe. You're both under arrest. Don't move a muscle if you know what's good for you. Based in Bethesda's Fallout series, follow Walter and Bunny as they traverse the Texas Commonwealth and New Vegas, busting big crime rings. We'll need all we can to expand into Vegas territory. And surviving anything the wasteland can throw at them. It's him! It's the Mothman! Featuring a series of nail-biting narratives and guest stars from across the Fallout community. It's anybody's guess what thrilling case is up next. War never changes, does it, Bonnie? No, it certainly does not. True Vault Escapades, a Fallout audio drama. Available anywhere you get podcasts.